This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, bon après midi, mes amis. Good afternoon, my friends. Welcome aboard. It is Afternoons on News Talk 770 on this Tuesday, September the 13th. Boy, as someone pointed out to me today, it's 20 years ago today that Tupac Shakur was gunned down on the streets of Las Vegas. Which for me at the time was a really big deal. And regardless of whether you care at all about that uh, genre of music, it's a very, very weird story. Much has been written about it over the years, and no one really is sure to this day who did it. I just try to imagine that in, in the context of any other genre of music. If some major star in country music was gunned down in Nashville and 20 years later nobody knew who did it, that's weird. Uh, but we're not going to dwell on that today. We've got a lot to get to, those 974-TALK, 974-8255 is a telephone number. You can text us at 770-770. Uh, we got a post up as well today. You can uh, go to the website, Newstalk770.com. We're on Facebook as well, Newstalk770 Calgary. And, uh, well, you can get at us uh, on Twitter, too. A lot of ways to connect. I'm on Twitter, at Rob Breckenridge. Here's what's coming up today. After 1 o'clock, we're going to get into the whole issue of the Trans Mountain, the Kinder Morgan pipeline expansion, this pipeline that runs to Burnaby. You might have heard the story today. There was one Aboriginal group in B.C. They uh, lost today in court regarding the uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline. They're trying to stop it. So uh, a court ruling today in favor of the pipeline. But there is a lot of opposition in the Lower Mainland, and in Burnaby in particular. We're going to hear from the group BROKE, which stands for Burnaby Residents Opposing Kinder Morgan Expansion. I think this pipeline needs to go ahead. The NDP government here in Alberta has come around to the uh, idea that this pipeline needs to be supported. They were a little iffy on it before, uh, but they have come out uh, in support of the expansion. But we'll find out a bit more why folks in Burnaby don't like this. Again, remember, this is not a new pipeline. This is a pipeline that already runs there, and this would expand the capacity. So we'll get into that coming up after 1 o'clock, some time for you to react as well. uh, As uh, we go through this once again, how do we overcome this pipeline opposition? So we'll find out what's motivating them in the first place and talk about the merits of this project. Uh, Later on today, Rachel Brown from Vice News is going to be with us. they got a very interesting scoop today, and uh, it concerns a high-profile terror arrest or at least um, an attempted arrest in, in Ontario, of course. Remember the story of Aaron Driver. But right around the same time, the RCMP arrested somebody else in Ottawa that they suspected was maybe close to carrying out some kind of act of terrorism or someone they were really worried about, which begs the question again, at what point do we intervene with people like this? Now, with Aaron Driver, obviously, we lucked out and we cut it very close. Because he was already planning to leave to go carry out his terror attack. He had his bomb. He was ready to go. And it was a tip from the FBI about this martyrdom video. And we were able to intervene. So we're going to find out a bit more about who this other individual was. And what it tells us about where the RCMP draw the line. And when they feel it's time to move on these suspects. And what the law allows them to do as well. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Later on today we'll talk about uh, the airline industry in Canada. We have some new entrants coming into the market. Uh, So there's going to be more competition in the airline industry, but is it going to translate into lower airfares, right? How much wiggle room do these companies have in the first place when it comes to lowering their prices? And is more competition going to do the trick? Uh, Justin Bachman from Bloomberg News will join us at an interesting feature piece on all of this this week. So we'll hear from him later on today. 
Uh, some other news we'll get to. Your calls, uh, busy show this afternoon. I do want to start, though, today uh, with the ongoing debate around Calgary Next and what the future holds for the facilities in this city in which the Calgary Flames and the Calgary Stampeders play. As we all know, and we've talked about it extensively, the Calgary Flames, or the, technically the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, we'll refer to them as the Flames, uh, but it's the company that owns both the Flames and, and the Stampeders. The Flames have proposed this new facility. Uh, the Saddle Dome, as we all know, it's, it was built in the early 80s. It's uh, an old facility, certainly in comparison to what else we have in the NHL. And so for a long time, there was a lot of speculation. What were the Flames going to do? What were the Flames thinking? What did they have in mind for some kind of a replacement for the Saddle Dome? Right? We knew that the lease was coming up. We knew that there was talk of a new arena somewhere, some kind of a new arena. We didn't know what it would be. So the Flames went about it very quietly. And they came public with their vision, which they called Calgary Next. And their vision, of course, was to create an arena stadium hybrid facility and to put that facility in the West Village, that this facility would serve as an anchor to redevelop the West Village. Now, the city of Calgary has had uh, a lot of conversation over the years about what to do with the West Village. There's the whole issue of the creosote cleanup that's not resolved. We don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know how long it's going to take, and we don't know who's going to pay for it. That's been a big issue, but there already was a, a vision of sorts for the West Village that the city was considering before anybody brought up any notion of putting an arena there. Uh, the East Village, of course, we just went through a, a massive redevelopment in the East Village, and, and that was facilitated in part by, of course, this community resource levy. So I think the Flames bargained, at least. I think they assumed that if something could be put to the city that would give them uh, an anchor for the West Village, would help spur development in the West Village, that the city would be excited about it. Not just city council, but the city as a whole. The Calgarians would be excited about it. And I don't think that's proven to be the case. Calgary Next has proven to be a tough sell, and I think it's proven to be a tougher sell than the Flames originally expected. There is skepticism at City Hall about the idea of putting public funds into this project. There's skepticism at City Hall about the claims and the assumptions being made by the Flames about this project. And I think that similar skepticism exists amongst Calgarians. We've got a new poll out today from Main Street Research suggesting that Calgarians are indeed divided and fairly skeptical about this project and about the proposed funding model for this project. Now, you can look at it this a couple of different ways because there are some people who either are unsure about all of this or just don't care about all of this. And when you look at those who are strongly supportive, somewhat supportive, somewhat opposed and strongly opposed, it's essentially a 40-40 split. You combine those numbers, you got 40% are supportive, 40% opposed. And the rest are kind of on the fence. I suspect the timing of this poll has more to do with what's been happening in Edmonton than necessarily any movement on this front here in the city of Calgary. Of course, Rogers Place, this brand new arena in Edmonton, just been open to the public. People are getting their first look at it. The first Edmonton Oilers game is uh, coming up quick, the first exhibition game there. So it's the end of the process in Edmonton. They went through the debate. They went through the controversy. Uh, they've come out, come out on the other end with a new arena with a new arena that looks pretty nice. 
And at the same time as well, in this part of downtown where they propose building this arena, a lot of that development that was promised is starting to materialize. So obviously that's now bringing us to where we are here in Calgary to say, well, okay, hang on a second here. Should we take Edmonton's lead and just dive right in and go for this? There are some considerable differences, though, between what was proposed in Edmonton and what's being proposed here in Calgary. Now, I know there are those who say, we got to take a chance. Let's go for it. This is a good investment of public dollars. We should just embrace this. And this is what big cities do. And all of these arguments from the yes side that we just need to go for it and it's going to be great. There are a lot of reasons to be skeptical about this. There are a lot of reasons to approach this very carefully. And I would say so far, City Council has done that, and they're to be commended for that. Why would it be, first of all, why would it be that the Flames would get the first and final word on all of this? That the Flames would come up with the concept, the Flames would come up with the funding model, and that would be the final word. It does seem as though they actually thought that that would be the case, and I think there was some initial surprise that City Council viewed it as a starting point. Now, remember, you heard the, the flames say at the time, there is no plan B. This is it. Only to later say, well, you know what? Maybe there is a plan B. I don't think they envisioned one initially. So the fact that this was viewed as a starting point by city council, again, was responsible and reasonable. There is a reluctance in this city. There is a skepticism in this city. But the idea of putting public funds toward an arena for professional sports. And that's Okay. Because there's good reason to question the value of that. A couple of prominent sports economists, one Brad Humphreys, who studied this extensively, says he has never found tangible evidence that a new sports arena has a direct impact on a city's economy. Or Michael Leeds at Templeton University says if he ever had a consensus in economics, this would be it. There is no economic impact. So we need to make sure we're at a, a good starting point here. That if we're going to try to portray this as a boost to the city's economy, this is going to be good for the economy. That just doesn't hold water. The people who argue that that is going to be the case, who talk about the kind of development that's going to go up around a new arena. Keep in mind here, folks, we're talking about replacing what we already have. We have an arena and we have a stadium. And that, that arena and that stadium generate economic activity. There are people who go to events at those facilities. Those people spend money in the area, right? When the Flames are playing, there are a lot of places uh, on 17th Ave, closer to the, the arena, that are busy because the Flames are there. So we're talking about existing economic activity that's linked to those facilities. If we're building a new facility, we're essentially moving them, right? We can't pick up the arena and move it. We can't pick up the stadium and move it. But we're talking about relocating what already exists. So if you're going to talk about economic activity that's associated with a new arena and a new stadium, you can't just pretend as though there's none of that already. So if you're going to claim a dollar figure, you need to subtract what already exists. So we need to make a case that somehow a new arena and a new stadium are going to generate even more economic activity than what we already have. We're replacing what already exists. Which also begs the question, of course, what on earth are we going to do with the empty arena and the empty stadium? They don't just vanish into thin air when you build a new one. And they're struggling with that right now in Edmonton. So absolutely, 
City Council and Calgarians themselves should ask, why this model, why this concept, why this location? Now, the city has looked at this, and they have found that the uh, initial price tag of $890 million put forward by the Calgary Flames was very low. The initial analysis as well of this proposed community resource levy finds that it may not generate enough to pay for this portion that the Flames envision. This $240 million figure they say would be there with a community revitalization levy. The city's initial analysis suggests that that would fall short. It's all going to depend, of course, on how big the arena is and how big that CRL zone is. The city's going to own this facility, remember, which is being billed as something advantageous to the city. But the fact is, if the city owns the building, it doesn't pay property taxes. This is a depreciating asset right out of the gate. And it will not be generating any property taxes. So absolutely, the city should consider that. There already was a model to develop the West Village. And we could use a CRL to develop the West Village just as we did in the East Village. And I think we need to compare that with this model of having an arena and a stadium at the center of the West Village. That's what the city has been doing here. Let's compare what we have on the table, what's better for taxpayers, what's better for the city. And that's how we need to come at this. So I think it's entirely responsible to be careful and be cautious on this. Now, I know there are people who right out of the gate say, let's do it. And right out of the gate, there are people who are saying, no way, absolutely not, under no circumstances. And I think you're seeing that in the poll, those who are strongly supportive and those who are strongly opposed. In between, you've got people who are softly committed to either side of the debate and a whole lot of people in the middle who are unsure because we don't know what to make of this. And that means investigating this further. That means asking questions. That means putting other options on the table. So I think that's where most Calgarians are at. And I think that's a responsible place to be. Nobody has closed the door. Certainly nobody in a position of power has closed the door on getting a new facility built, on the city being a partner in building a new facility. But again, the team doesn't get the first and final word on this. And if the team's numbers don't make sense, if the team's numbers don't add up, that should be an enormous red flag. So I think some of the enthusiasm around this project is misplaced because we don't have all the answers. We're going forward here on a lot of assumptions, a lot of assumptions being put forth by the team who have a clear vested interest in this project. They picked this model for a reason. They picked those numbers for a reason. And so I support the city in taking the stance they have. That, well, hang on a second here. We're going to study this. We're going to look into this. This can be a great starting point for negotiations. But we're just at the beginning of this project. And I think this poll reflects that there is support for that approach. So, yeah, it's great that up in Edmonton they've got this shiny new arena, and it's going to take a long time to reach a final conclusion of what the impact of that has been. Because when you talk about generating development, you're talking about moving around development. And when you ask the question of do these projects have a positive impact in a city's economy, again, economists, there's a consensus. It's just not the case. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. Some more thoughts on Calgary next and where Calgarians are at on this uh, proposed project. 974-8255. You can text us at 770-770. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.